1: Good afternoon. Welcome to Health and Living with me, T. Ik. The Tobacco and Smoking Control Bill 2022, which includes the hotly debated generational endgame proposal, is due to be tabled in Parliament tomorrow after having undergone review with the Parliamentary Select Committee, uh, the Special Committee. So today on the show, we'll be exploring whether the proposal to ban the use, possession and sale of cigarettes and vape products for those born after two. 2007 would infringe on the right of young people to smoke. Or would it instead, with the public health argument, protect them from the health, social and economic burden of a smoking addiction? We'll also be examining some of the objections or concerns that have been raised towards certain provisions of this generational endgame proposal. If you have questions or thoughts you'd like to share, you can call us at 037332 You can also WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Joining me on the show Today to discuss these Rosliza Wati Muhammad Ali, president of the Malaysian Women's Action for Tobacco Control and Health, also known as My Watch. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you?
0: Uh, good afternoon. Um, I'm all right. Just been a bit. Uh, it's been a very very busy week for us. it uh, a very very busy months running up to this. Uh, since we decided on um, that, we must push ahead with this uh, bill on yeah. the tobacco plants Yeah.
1: All right. Perhaps you could give a bit of a brief background on my watch and what
0: does it do? Okay. My watch. It stands for Malaysian Women's Action for Tobacco Control and Health, and we have been in existence since since two thousand and three. 2003 and our main activities were to look, we look into various things we look into legislation we look into policies we look into advocacies uh, we look into programs uh, education a- educational awareness um, and we link ourselves closely with not just Kementerian MOH but also with the various Jabatan Kesehatan Negeri out at the various states and at the same time, we are also linked with uh, WHO Wipro, WHO CERO, also with SETCA, and various other tobacco control advocates. So and I- on top of that, yeah, top of that uh, in, in my watch, we do not we do not just have medical professionals. We are, we have pharmaceutical, we have micro, uh, we have microbiologists, and we also have people who are from the legal and the accounting background.
1: And, in the context of what we're discussing today, I think the your the overview of where my watch stands. why are you in favor of this bill uh, and the proposed generational ban, which I think is is the biggest thing under this bill?
0: Okay.'ve um, as I think as many people are not aware of uh, my watch, we've been not uh, exactly been in the public eye for a long time. But we have been in existence since 2003. And uh, for me, myself, I'm also with the Malaysian Children's Welfare Council. I'm a child advocate. And from the very beginning, and also looked into um, children's welfare and well-being, and we had looked at this tobacco control from, from a very, very long time, from the UNCRC perspective. And that's why we, we thought that this GEG. It's in line with the CRC because, you know, at the end of the day, it's the children that matters to us. And the UNCRC
1: is, of course, the Convention on the Rights of Children. Of children so children,
0: child rights, yes.
1: Yeah, and you know, as I said in the introduction, right, um, Do what do we look at? Do we look at protecting the right um, of a certain young generation who will reach adulthood? Are we, should we protect their right to choose? Because uh, some groups, including Undi18, have argued that <laughs> uh, a proposal like this would um, take away their right to choose to smoke, especially when they have formed their opinions. And I'm quoting here: they have formed their opinions in a society that does normalize smoking among other adults. What are your thoughts on that?
0: Okay, there are various factors here. Yes, yeah, so, because uh, the, one thing is we look at protecting the children from abuse and harm. Because and also we look at uh, uh, the children from a health perspective health and well-being as being. But at the same time, when you look at them, the children will, will at the end of the day, they will grow into adulthood, from from infant to toddlers to, you know, um they progress. But what we want to know, what we would like to push forward is that, you know, we are looking into their well-being, not just for now, but also for their future. Because but because we saw the burden of disease, not just on the, not only on the, on the nation, on, on the government expenditure, but also on the individual. Because the minute you are, you are, you are in that, uh, you catch on to that disease burden, then you will have uh, things like uh, what we look at, uh, we look at productivity, we look at uh, qualitative uh, lifestyle, we also look at with especially when you look at vaping and things like that, we look at disability. So uh, so these are things that, you know, and these are the burden on health that we look into. So it's not just about being hospitalised, that kind of thing, but how does it affect your lifestyle? How does it affect, uh, your at the end of the day, your end game? Your end game. Where is it going to be?
1: And uh, when we talk about um both smoking and because the the bill will cover both smoking and vaping. And Mm -hmm. so I want to touch on another uh, point that has been brought up and this one is uh, very strongly from the vape industry groups where they say that uh, a bill like this sends the wrong message about the use of vaping as a tool for smoking cessation, the whole harm reduction uh, argument. Can you clarify first what is the role of vape in smoking cessation and how would it be used? In that particular instance.
0: Okay. First and foremost, has there been scientific evidence that vape is a smoking sensation tool? Has is there been, been? Has there been? Has there been? So yeah, I mean this is. So it, was it just circumstantial evidence?
1: Yeah, so this is what uh, we need to use uh, in order to provide the the counter argument, right? So mm-hmm. the question for lay people would be: Has there been because they hear that there is?
0: Because there has been no evidence that vaping is is. Um, I, I'm not a medical person, and but we have argued this before and we have laid out the studies before. Let me just look and go into this because I know for a fact that there has been no, we are only talking about circumstantial evidence that vaping is a tool to, uh, for smoking cessation. If it's a tool for smoking cessation, then it should be a, a registered product, a licensed product, a pharmaceutical product used to use to uh, assist in in um, in healthcare, but has this been registered? Has this been licensed? Has this been proven? Has it been done? Has it been properly tested by probably by the pharmaceutical regula- regulators? We have not seen that, not just in this country, but uh, also abroad. And we've seen we've seen that because when we look at vaping, vape was allowed in UK in the UK. And suddenly now you see a high rise, a high increase of of, uh, E-Valley cases. So in in U.S. now they have withdrawn jewels. Yes, that's right.
1: That was something that happened a couple of months ago.
0: Yes. So how can you say So there must be a reason behind it all. Why was this done? If if it's not an impact of health. And in fact, the um,
1: generational endgame proposal is Mm -hmm. to prevent um, a generation who will uh, uh, turn 18 from a certain year onwards and future Mm -hmm. generations after that when they turn 18 is to prevent them from picking up smoking or vaping in the first place. So then the harm reduction argument doesn't apply for them because we don't want them to start smoking, right? Yes, exactly. Why
0: do you want to initiate them into vaping? If you say that vaping is for cessation, to, to, to assist them in, in um, smoking cessation. So why introduce it? Why initiate it? Because these children, it, it, it should, not, should never apply for this generation. For the GEG, vaping should not be applied at all. If you want, it is to the present, the, those that are currently on the vape. Fine. We allow that to happen. It is in the law, it is in the round, 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 in the bill, that you know, those that are, are that are vaping, they are smoking, yes, if that is their choice now, we will not cease that from them. That will not be ceased from them, they can still carry on with that. That is their personal life, that is their personal choice. But for the children, for the younger generation, why initiate? If you're talking about smoking cessation, that should not even be in the question at all. Yeah, we wouldn't
1: have to, yes. um, go down the road of the long and difficult road of trying to quit smoking, um, yes. if they don't pick it up in the first place. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we have a question from a listener here, and I think you've already, um, tried to emphasize it. You know, is there any evidence to prove that vaping does not impact?
0: Health adversely. Um, there has been there has been no studies that indicate that vaping does help. Yeah. Okay. So, but there has been there has been cases of vapors contacting Evali or pneumothorax or other respiratory illnesses. Do you that, want to quickly explain Yeah, do you want to quickly explain Evali Lisa? Uh I think I'm not the person for you to, to to explain Evali, but Evali is actually an e-cigarette vape associated lung injury. Mm-hmm. When you have that that illness because I know children that, because I've I've faced faced children with um with respiratory illnesses where they're their lungs are damaged, severely damaged. They go on uh, oxygen therapy and things like that. They are de- very o- dependent on oxygen. And at that is actually, at the end of the day, that becomes a disability for them. They lose their productivity life, years, uh, uh, adjusted life years. They lose their um, productivity because they are so dependent on um, medication. They are so dependent uh, and they are not, most of them will not be able to carry on to, uh, with a nine to five uh job lifestyle so that is a, a great impeachment on their lifestyle so you know this is not what we want from for our future generation and this is not what we want for what's going on now we have seen uh, what you have seen what happened to our Paralympian who was on way he was uh, a record-breaking Paralympian and at the end of the day um he has uh, his lungs are are damaged.
1: So, yeah, there's a question here, a follow-up question from that listener. Shouldn't vaping have been proven safe before being introduced to consumers? And that's a big question mark, isn't it? It, it yes. is It um, widely sold and consumed right now.
0: Um, I mean, that's a good question. We had always, always from the very beginning, way back in 2008, 2008, 2007, 2008, 2011, we had actually uh, protested against that. We did not allow it to allow it to happen. But in 2014, 2015, the government agreed. It is not. I mean, we we protested, but we, maybe we were not a strong voice at that time. Mm. Now, of course, uh, I think the way we went through things was um, we did not create that awareness, and I think things were still very new. Mm. Was look did not realize that how dangerous vape can be, and you know how harmful. And how you know, and the impact of it. We look at cigarette. It took look at fifty years lifespan before you can actually see some some uh, um, health impact. Mm-hmm. Look at vape. It can be it can be as fast as uh, less than a year. And you know, and once yes, you you catch that on, you are disabled for life.
1: Yep. So, um, your lifestyle. we're discussing the generational endgame proposal in the proposed Tobacco and Smoking Control Bill 2022, which will be tabled in Parliament tomorrow. And we'll go for a quick break, Lisa, and come back to discuss uh, some of the um, elements in the proposal related to enforcement and uh, how people will be compounded, uh, some issues raised there about uh, the powers of enforcement and uh, whether those provisions, um, you know, will be overly punitive. Um, do call us if you have questions or thoughts you'd like to share, 3 900 You can also WhatsApp, 18 I'm speaking to Rosaliza Wati Muhammad Ali, President of the Malaysian Women's Action for Tobacco Control and Health or my watch about the uh, generational endgame bill. Stay tuned to Health and Living on BFM 89.9. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Health & Living with me, T. Shaoik. My guest on the show today, Rosalisa Moham. Rosliza Awati Muhammad Ali President of the Malaysian Women's Action for Tobacco Control and Health We're discussing the generational endgame proposal in the Tobacco and Smoking Control Bill 2022 which is due to be tabled in Parliament tomorrow um, after undergoing review and uh, some amendments have been accepted as well by the Parliamentary Committee So I want to go through some of the amendments that were made or suggested and accepted by the Committee because it relates to concerns that have been raised from several quarters. And in fact, um, a memorandum was handed over in front of parliament this morning by a group um, that uh, talked about their concerns, including the potential criminalising of children, abuse of enforcement powers and disproportionate impact on low-income groups. Lisa, perhaps we could unpack some of these. Um, Let's start with the enforcement powers Hours, um, under the proposed bill. Um, I, I, I know that uh, Minister of Health, KJ, uh, had earlier already proposed amendments like um, there won't be punishment for possession. Um, and uh, perhaps you could uh, help to walk us through um, you know, the, the, um, how these uh, objections uh, are being addressed. Yeah, hold on. Now.
0: Can we just... Let me just uh, we know that for a, for a start... Oh dear, um, please bear with me a while. Eh? I'm just going to look into something. I just had one. Perhaps I will
1: um, walk through some of the... Uh, amendments that have been accepted by the parliamentary committee um, you know it will no longer be an offense uh, for those uh, you know in this generation to be in possession of the cigarettes or related tobacco products. Um, the authorities will not have the power to enter private homes. In order to uh, enforce the yeah. law, um, but um, for for those uh, under this generation, it is still an offense for them to be caught smoking and vaping. So the act of it is still an offense, although not possession.
0: Possession is not an offense, right? Possession is not an offense, so there is no such thing as a search. Uh, and things like that and of course under the because you must remember in whatever laws that we do we also have to take into consideration the acta kanakana the acta uh, you know and, and also the convention uh, the convention of the rights of children of uh, because it's not just about talking about the FCTC, but we have to look into all those details so of course uh, of, of course uh, but we know that um uh, there has been changes in the clause that um as far as enforcement is concerned, but um, I have not actually studied that in detail. In detail, but I do know that, um, as far as children is concerned, there will not be any. Uh, there will not be any um, criminal offence, but it will. It will not even go on record. But it will be more of a community service. I think a more to create awareness, and we have this two years we have just 2 years to create that awareness so hopefully within that 2 years if i mean if this law is accepted and it goes into enactment then we have the 2 years to actually create that awareness to create that uh, to educate the public that you know this is a law this is what needs to be, to be done and this is how you all need to look at it and how it will affect the public and how it will affect you how it will affect the manufacturers uh, 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 there's a whole scope of people that will be affected by it but at the same time, of course, when you say the powers goes to previously it was the powers goes to the DG, now the powers goes to the minister of to the minister as far as department enforcement is concerned. But of course, you must remember in any decision taken by the minister, okay, it will have to be brought up to the ministry level, and from the ministry level to the, minister, the minister, goes up to the cabinet level. It's not just simply I want this done and I will I will get that done. It doesn't work that way i mean uh, we are very aware of that and of course we have we have uh we have the AGC that will be monitoring everything and you know should we go out of hand uh, what are the things that need to be done so i mean we are we are a closely guided community we are a closely guided nation we have lo- we have uh, laws and bylaws and we have standing orders that we have to refer to
1: and it's been reported that the PSCC will review the law every five years. Every five years, yes. And uh, what is the purpose of that, uh, Lisa, if you want to explain?
0: So that, you know, once a law is, you know, especially the first five years, you know, once it's been it's, it's been put into practice, so you, you will know whether how effective is it, you know, and uh, um, whether the, the, the law is, um, is properly put into practice, and what is the the statistics of it all? And whether there will there will be changes in the society, will you know? Will there be adherence? Will there be a, a, a commitment from from everybody from uh, you know all stakeholders that you know this is the way to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, enforcement is always something that people bring up, right? Uh, mm-hmm. People have brought up, you know, uh, one argument is why introduce something like this when you can't even enforce other tobacco control laws such as the ban of smoking in public places, for instance. And I've mm-hmm. said this on the show before, you know, you take a walk around the mama shops, for instance, near BFM Studio, you can see people smoking um, there where they shouldn't be. So uh, what would you like to see to enforce Force uh, to to strengthen enforcement.
0: I think uh, one we have to create we have to create the first thing we need to do is to inculcate discipline, discipline not just to the enforcement but also to everybody the the nation at large. Be it me as as a person as as an individual, the people, my neighbors, and things like that. The coffee shop owners, the 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 manufacturers the retailers, the suppliers, and everything. So, you know, if we have that kind of discipline, if that kind of ethics that we have, we know Malaysia is famous for being a very corrupted country, but, you know, maybe we can try and eradicate that. You know, we need to eradicate that, create better ethics, um, better discipline among ourselves. You know, if you you look at our neighbours, look at the contrast between, just look at Singapore and us, the discipline there. The discipline level within Singapore, and you don't see people throwing. I mean, not that you don't see, but you hardly ever see things g- going out at hand. Similarly, even, uh, um, anyway, for example, they went and compared Malaysia and New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Look at the lifestyle in New Zealand. One, the community there is very small, but at, look at their lifestyle. You, you do not see people, um, abusing each other discriminating each other in the sense that, you know, so what if I throw rubbish at my neighbours? So what? You know? I'm, I'm allowed to throw stones. All right. Um yeah.
1: One of the um, arguments against G- something like GEG G is whether it could potentialize potentially criminalize children or, or uh, young people. I guess um, you know these are we're talking about the bill um, enforced upon uh, this generation as they uh, turn adults. Uh, but basically, do you see an element or is there an element of criminalization of individuals in this
0: proposed bill? We have studied this. Seriously, we have studied this closely as far as the CRC is concerned. The whole idea for the GED, the whole idea for the GED is to protect the children. To protect the children, to safeguard their interests, to safeguard their lifestyle, to to safeguard their health, and to protect them from abuse and harm. We know that nicotine is harmful. What are we doing? To ensure that these children can get access to to this, to, to to nicotine, to tobaccos and vapes and e-cigarettes, there is no laws to safeguard uh, to to bear, there is no laws at the moment for us to control vape and e-cigarettes. So how do we go about that? We have to put the laws in place. People are asking, how come nobody sees that? You know, but we, there is, you you cannot take action on people that is. Um, that actually has possession of that. Possession is not a crime. But when they do vape and they do vape in a, an area that they, they are not allowed to, yes, that can be done. And the punishment is there will be compounded, right? Yes, it's compoundable. We've seen offences that people at the end of the day, you only they are only compounded for 15 years. But currently,
1: um, as I read from the reports, it's a compound of 500. It was 500. reduced yeah. from
0: 5,000 to it 500. Is, no, it is compoundable. It's, it's compound. It's compound. It's five hundred, but compoundable. I see. Five hundred is the fine, but it's five hundred is a fine, but it's compoundable. Previously, it was five thousand. Nobody complained. And suddenly, when it, it's put into the RUU, everybody started freaking out. No, <laughs> actually, seriously, actually, if you look at it, when we do the comparison between the current and uh, the current and the proposed. There's a lot more things that is actually more uh, relaxed but because we wanted to do that you know we are not here to punish anybody but we are here to actually make sure you know to we care about you we need to protect you but should you be a repeated offender offender a repeated offender what do we do about you and who seem to be distributing if you seem to be distributing and putting peer pressure on others what do we do about them so the the bill will have provisions for that hopefully yes I am hoping that that was that remains that remains because we have to look into what happens to repeated offenders yes more often than not the bill is more towards targeted towards uh manufacturers you know big time big time offenders but at the same time, we must remember we also have small-town repeated offenders. What do we do about them, especially when you talk about schools? There are we know the peer pressure put by uh, by bullying is nothing new to in Malaysia. Bullying is nothing new. Okay? So what do we do about them? As far as we're concerned, children, there is no you know, we look at the community service. Yeah, right? but but for if for example, if for example, they are doing the same offense repeatedly, repeatedly, and, and you know, and it's so frequently, what do we do about them?
1: So, um, would you say that more harsh punishments or education
0: instead? Education. I'm looking at education. As a child, I look at education. Education and awareness is important. So that's why for us, we need to go down to the schools that, you know, this is a law, this is it. Your children, please understand that, you know, we don't want you to be in this boat. We don't want this to happen to you. So what do we do? Please listen, you know. And at the end of the day, because these children will become adults. If as children, they are not able to discipline themselves, how are they going to be a disciplined adult?
1: And uh, we'll continue this conversation after another quick break, uh, looking at some other concerns that have been raised. I want to talk a little bit about the black market or uh, illegal cigarettes. Yes. Uh, And, um, you know, how do we tackle that issue there? It's not new, even with this ban. It's been around forever. Um, And uh, looking ahead Um, and perhaps uh, to get Lisa's thoughts on what she would like to see in Budget 2023. Three for tobacco control. I'm speaking to Rosaliza Wati Muhammad Ali, President of the Malaysian Women's Action for Tobacco Control and Health on My Watch, discussing the generational endgame proposal in the Tobacco and Smoking Control Bill 2022. Stay tuned to Health and Living BFM 89.9. Good afternoon, welcome back to Health and Living with me, Tishao Ik, and my guest, Rosaliza Wati Muhammad Ali, President of the Malaysian Women's Action for Tobacco Control and Health, or MyWatch, an NGO that has been around since 2003, looking into pretty much all aspects of tobacco control, um, including legislation, policies, education awareness um, and advocacy. We've been discussing the generational endgame proposal where um, the uh, those born after the year 2007 um, when this uh, if this uh, bill is um, passed in parliament and enacted uh, a particular generation will no longer be able to Use, possess, and, uh, or, or, um, be able to smoke cigarettes or vape products uh, when they turn 18. We've gone through a lot of the concerns and objections that have been raised by all kinds of quarters uh, in response to this proposed uh, generational endgame bill. Let's look at illicit cigarettes, Lisa, the argument that this ban will lead to an expansion and influx of the black market and the sale of illicit cigarettes. Um, Your thoughts on this and what needs needs to be implemented or enforced to, to cut off the supply?
0: Um, okay. We have made studies. My watch has made studies. Uh, we have got various that do on uh, health economics and we've also done studies to, to indicate to... And we have um, come to a conclusion that, you know, um, there, is no, there is no correlation between... Um, between um illicit cigarettes, black market and um and cigarette prices okay we've we've found that, and we've been repeatedly saying to the government, I think I, I've been posting out this for for many many years, and the last in the t- last time that we saw an increase in cigarette was in 2015 increased uh, taxes and in, uh, increased taxes in cigarettes. Uh, because despite the despite the low taxes compared to other countries, Malaysia is still a very low uh taxation on on cigarettes, but it's got a high a high um high quality of illicit. It's a high illicit, so there is no there is no indicators that says that, you know. Whatever it is, you will have you know you can, you know, why do we want to do this? Because you know, why don't we come back illicit? Maybe, maybe if we do this, we tough we we toughen up, we toughen up on the on the on the statutory uh uh legalities, then maybe there will be proper controls. At the moment it's a grey area. Who should it come under? It comes, it doesn't come under competency health and it comes under Minister of Finance, Customs. It comes under customs. We've been talking to Customs Plenty of many, many, many years. Since 2015, we've been asking for an increase in tax. We've not seen that. And somebody asked me what's your what is your take on the budget 2022, 2023? We've always said one of the first things that we'd like to see is an increase in tax. Because it's been proven, it's been proven in other countries. It's been proven that uh, in other countries, an increase in tax will reduce illicit, because we look at it this way. Okay, if you increase taxes, okay, the prices of cigarette will go higher, and those people with the illicit cigarettes, they're not going to reduce their prices. No way will they reduce their prices. I'm not going to reduce my price. I've been selling at eight ringgit. I'm not going to sell it at, uh, at five ringgit. I'm gonna send probably eight or probably 10, 15. So they will still be higher. The risk you raise taxes doesn't mean that the prices of uh, illicit uh the 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 illicit cigarettes will will flood the market. No, but the prices of there is a tendency that the illicit cigarettes will also go up in prices.
1: Okay.
0: It gets a point where. People cannot afford to buy those brands. Mm, so you wanna yeah, we want to hit so, pe- people in the yeah. pockets, right? Yeah. So they will they will somehow rather at come to a stage where you can prorate the, the, the two. That you know, you have to increase you have to increase taxes so that at the end of the day you can curb the illicit cigarettes in the market. I mean, what about the argument that if people
1: can't um but no longer buy cigarettes legitimately, they turn to buying the illicit ones.
0: Yeah, but if the price is high, so, even if the yeah. ones how do they buy? So they, it, it has but to come hand in hand the, with
1: cost control,
0: yeah. cost Yeah, for measures. us, as far as we're concerned, I would rather tell them that, you know, if you can't afford it, let's, let's put you on a, a smoking cessation clinic.
1: Let's talk a little bit about um, smoking cessation and other strategies um, mm. that need to go hand in hand uh, with, you know, all the, the bigger picture of tobacco control. Um, mm. what, what do we need to strengthen? I personally feel that um, smoking cessation programs are perhaps not as visible or accessible to people who need it. Um, just simply going by anecdotes of people who are trying to quit and don't know what to do. They try to go cold turkey on their own. They, you know, they can't do it and then they get frustrated, right?
0: My watch has two programs that goes on the... uh, We have two programs that we do. One with the schools and one is to the public. The schools, we have this quota program. Kesaitan Oral Tampak Asap Rokok. On that program, we can identify if the children are smoking. And we try to curb them refer them for a quick, to a quick clinic the other one that we do is the my house mission homes without Smoking environment so on that we we get them to sign up on the my house and if you know if even the children can sign up for the my house and then hopefully says that um ayah morocco let's sign up let's sign you up for the quick clinic but it's, we know under the under, Jabatan Kesehatan, under Kesehatan, the waiting list is long. By the time you the, it comes to their their turn to go for that, their call for the clinic, they are probably it's not in, it's not to their convenience. It it conveniences them. So what we're saying that what we've been trying to do, we've been trying to, as far as my watch is concerned, we've been trying to talk to various parties to try and support, especially the B40s. So we have we have approached people like Bank Islam. We have approached people like Sadaka House. We have approached people like um, corporate bodies to assist. You know, if and we are telling the government, if instead of you giving cash tokens to them, why don't you put them on the quick clinic? We you know they are smoking. Put that. Put put some portion of the funds. Put some portion of the funds to assist them for the quick clinic because they cannot afford. We know that. And people say, oh, well, they can afford to buy cigarettes. Why can't they uh, afford to go on, the, on a quick cleaning?" But you must remember, it's, it will be two things happening at the same time. They can't just, like you said, it can't be cold turkey. So somebody has to, you know, so, a KKM, the burden on KKM is extremely high. We've been we've been talking about this, I think, as far as my watch is concerned, as I have concerned, I've been talking about this burden on disease for, for ages, so more than a decade. And, uh, you know finally people see make, it's finally makes sense to people and why we see that now we we find that you know this GEG matters because the burden is extremely high and um, and of course other than the fact that nicotine is very very harmful, it's uh you know we, we've even uh, we've even read uh, we've, uh, but we've not I've not I've not actually got anybody to do a study on that but I've read on it that actually nicotine is still more harmful than opium. It's addictive properties. Yeah, opium war. Why can't we declare any all? war? do um, we do propaganda on that? Yeah, coming With back parts, to that. the
1: cost of um, going on or, or using uh, smoking cessation products or the going through the program, right? How expensive yeah. is it? To, or how um, much would it
0: cost? On the private clinic, because on the Mdang of course, Mdang you they need to allocate the budget and you know, it, they can only take in so many people at, at one time because uh, funds are very limited. But if you go on the the quick clinic thing, it's about, uh, I think, we calculated, it will probably be in total, in total over the the whole session, not just one, one, one off. Uh, session but it's probably will come to about 18 to 2005 depending on on the you know um how heavy have they been smoking that kind of thing so it probably one eight to 2005 like. so and we look at that it goes probably about six months over six months period it's not like a one-off cash pay no over six months so because we I've been talking to firms talking about uh talking to to banks and things like that please come forward and help these people because at the end of the day we have a a, a a safer, a healthier nation in hand, and at the end of the day, our children will be living in a better environment. Uh, you know, and and once they stop smoking, can you imagine there'll be more, more money on hand? They'll probably be able to elevate themselves from, from the B forty to from the bottom B forty to B forty, or maybe from the B forty to M forty. You never know, because then because then they will have their productivity will be better. Yep. Right? they productivity better they cannot be able to allocate themselves let's look at it this mm. way
1: many many indirect
0: yeah. many indirect
1: yes. effects um, is what you're saying because yeah. the disease burden is reduced and all the yes. effects on productivity and health um we don't have much time left Lisa but I wanted to get your thoughts um, because KJ has said that you know if Parliament is dissolved um, this will potentially disrupt the passage of the bill you know, either it won't make it for third reading or it may not even make it to to Dewan Negara um, and it will have to go through the whole process again if, uh, you know, if there's elections. Now, you've said so many times, you've been doing this for so many years. You've been talking about the same issues and pushing and this is um, one of the things that's said to be a game changer. Um, How would you view such a disruption in the big picture uh, of tobacco control?
0: Yes, I've been doing this for a very long time. Me, personally, since 1994. With my watch, since 2003. Mm -hmm. So? As a team, since 2013. That's how long we've gone through. We've gone through various phases. Of course, uh, I keep telling myself and I keep telling everybody, we'll persevere. But, of course, we've put so much, sincerely, truly, honestly, I've, I've put, and the whole team has put so much effort, so much funds, we don't get government funds. It's all out of our pocket funds. It's all our own initiative. We're going on the road on our own initiative. Of course, if you talk about, we want to see, for, because we are committed. We are committed to try and eradicate this harm from uh, from the public. We are committed to have you know. You talk about SDG three, health and well being. But what are we doing about health and well being? How far have we gone? What have we covered? But of course, uh. I would like to see I put so much effort seriously so much time and uh, I've not even seen my daughter for, for more than 2 2 3 years but honestly if you ask me I was on the verge of stepping out but because of the GEG I stayed on so how long more can I stay on I'm not young but I will persevere that I, I, I we will persevere we are determined but I'm hoping that the, you know, but I'm hoping that the government, the people, the nation, the legislators especially, please understand, we're not doing this for us. We're doing this for you. You are the legislators. You have the, you. it's your duty, your financial duty to take care of the public. It's your duty, not ours. But we care. And we want to see this. We've put in, you know, we've gone this far. KJ has been so... Initially, everybody was asking me, will KJ do this? I said, I know KJ, he will do it. Once he commits himself, he will do it. And we've seen how committed KJ is towards this bill and what he was willing to put through to Mm. get Mm. done. He knows that we are behind him. We will come in behind him. But we wonder, if this bill doesn't go through this time, what happens? Will uh, Will the next government... Is the gap will the next guy be willing to put this in? Who will champion this? Will KJ still be there for us? Yeah. He'll fight with us,
1: but how far can he go? Also, you already said briefly that um you hope to see an increase in taxes in budget 2023. Is Since there anything please, else you'd like
0: to see for tobacco control? I would like to see a tobacco. Of course, I would like to see a a a, 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 a a greater budget for education and awareness, for advocacy, and of course and for enforcement. Because everybody says enforcement, but where is the budget for enforcement? Where is the budget for enforcement? Because these are human resources we're yes, talking about. Yes, yes. Because human capital, where are the cap- human capital? Who is doing the enforcement? Where are we getting them? Who's paying them? All right. Even under the Larangam Rukot Department, where are the enforcement? We said that we were going to create. Uh, PBTs will have their own enforcement officers, but how much can they do? And how far have they gone? So you talk about enforcement, at the end of the day, it says we have to do the enforcement in the sense that if we care about our nation, let's make sure that, you know, our nation is is a good, healthy nation for the best interest of everybody. All right.
1: I think that's a good note to end on, and um, thank you so much for speaking me speaking to me today, Lisa. I've been speaking to Rosliza Wati Muhammad Ali, president of the Malaysian Women's Action for Tobacco Control and Health, or MyWatch. We've been discussing the generational endgame bill. This has been Health and Living on BFM eighty nine point
0: nine. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind.